the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. Today we're going to get started on a brand new series, if you look at your bulletin, a brand new series called The Kingdom of God. Everybody say Kingdom of God. And we're going to be looking at First and Second Thessalonians, which are two books in the Bible. And if you have your Bible, you can make your way. Now, every series that we do this year fits underneath the umbrella of our theme for the year. And our theme for the year is to be an ambassador for Christ. And at the very beginning of this year, in our very first series, I shared with you this verse. I want to put it up on the screen, if you can just leave it up here for a few moments. And in Matthew chapter 24, it's this idea that there's a God in heaven who has this plan for the entire world. God has a plan for the entire world, from the beginning to the end. And right now, we're here. This is our little window. We're on the timeline. We're on God's timeline. This is our time on God's timeline. But God has this master plan. Uh, and He has a kingdom that He wants to establish here on this earth. And when you become a Christian, God puts you in that kingdom. It's His kingdom. It's not our kingdom. It's His kingdom. He's the king. But he's got a role for you to play in this kingdom. And so Jesus said these words, and this has to do with the kingdom, the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. So there's a gospel in the kingdom. The gospel we know is Jesus. Jesus is the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus says this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations because he wants all nations to be saved and then the end will what will come so this is god's plan and god's plan is being fulfilled this very moment because this sermon is being recorded turn around look at that camera back there see those little red lights up there y'all see those red lights I'm looking at that camera. When I'm looking at that camera, I'm looking right at you. Now, turn around and look at the screen. See, I'm looking right at you. So if I look over here, it doesn't look like I'm looking at you. But if I look at that camera, I'm looking right at you. And this is being recorded right now, and it will be shown around the world via radio, via television. And right now, 
on the internet it's being broadcast anywhere in the entire world this verse is being fulfilled this very moment this verse is also being fulfilled by people like ajay law who spoke for us last weekend who is our missionary from india and we support missions we give over a million dollars a year to missionaries all around the world I don't know of another missionary anywhere in the world that's doing as much for the kingdom of God as Ajay is. We had a weekend, we had a weekend a few weeks ago where we baptized 800 people in one day and we thought, man, that's cool. Ajay had a day where he baptized 70,000 people in one day. 70,000 people in one day. We support missionaries in India and in Asia and in every continent on this face of this planet. And so we are watching this very moment, the gospel, Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom is being preached all around the world this very moment. This verse is being fulfilled. It's also being fulfilled by ordinary people like you and me living here in Los Angeles in this crazy culture of ours. But as we live like Jesus and share Jesus and reflect Jesus, and we reach out to our neighbors and our friends on behalf of the kingdom. It is His kingdom. He is the king. He wears the crown. But we are His servants. And we are to be involved in this kingdom here on this earth. Now, I want you to look at the map and find Thessalonica. It's up at the top. You see that? Right next to Philippi, Berea. You see Achaia, Corinth, Athens. That's modern-day Greece. Modern-day Greece. And over to the, to the boot, do you see the boot? What is that? That's Italy. And what's Italy? That's Europe. What is Europe? That's Rome, the Roman Empire, who is in charge of the world at this time. Now, way over there on the map is Asia, okay? That's kind of the world back in this. Asia and it's Europe. It's the power of Rome. Rome's ca- conquering the entire world at this time. And I want you to write this down in your notes that Thessalonica is a port city on the Aegean Sea and it's on a road called the Ignatian Way. The Ignatian Way. Now you say, what is the Ignatian Way? The Ignatian Way is the Roman version of the 405 Freeway. It's a road that connects Asia to the east and Rome to the west. And again, it's the Roman Empire. Romans actually built a road. They didn't have airplanes back in those days. And this was a big deal because this road was so uh, far. It's how the merchants brought their stuff that they were selling from the east to the west. And if you ever go with us on a trip called the Footsteps of Paul, we actually go to Corinth, we go to Athens, we go up to Philippi, we go to Thessalonica. And if you're on the bus, we're going to take you out in the middle of this big field. We're going to say, all right, everybody get off the bus. And you're going to say, why are we here? We're going to look down there and you're going to see that parts of the the Ignatian Way, that road that their commerce and their travel is still there. Parts of it are still in existence today. And so you can imagine that Thessalonica back in those days was a big city. It was a port city. There were Jews, there were Gentiles, and there were Romans in this city. Okay? So it's a very diverse place, a lot of money. 
And again, a lot of bad stuff in a port city. All right? Now, write this down. The Apostle Paul had visited on a missionary journey, but he wants to take the gospel. He kind of wants to go to uh, Asia, and the Holy Spirit says, no, we want you to come this direction. The Holy Spirit says, no, come this direction. So he goes to Philippi. Then he goes to Thessalonica. And the Bible says that he went into the synagogue, which is a Jewish synagogue, and for three Sabbaths, for three weeks, that's all the time he was there, he went to the synagogue, and the Bible says he reasoned. Everybody say, he reasoned. What does that mean? Well, that means that he walked into this Jewish synagogue, and for three Sabbaths, back to back to back, he tried to explain to this Jewish synagogue that the Messiah that they were looking for is actually Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the fulfillment of all your Old Testament scriptures and that the Messiah is here. He was there for three weeks and he caused a big riot and they kicked him out of Thessalonica. But after those three weeks that he was there, there was a small number of those Jewish believers who said, hmm, and they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and a little New Testament church began meeting in the city of Thessalonica. Paul gets kicked out because he caused a riot. He was so divisive. And so as he's continuing on his journeys, he starts getting these reports. And he's looking through the reports, and the reports are saying, Paul, you cannot believe that church back in Thessalonica. You can't believe how it's growing. You can't believe how mature they are. You, you can't believe. They got a lot of questions. And there's some things they're going through. And they need some answers. So Paul sits down, write this down, in the year 4950 AD. And he writes two letters. This is called Snell Mel. Some of you don't even know what a letter is. You know what email is. But this was a handwritten letter, First and Second Thessalonians, and that's what we're going to be studying the next six, seven weeks. He writes a letter back to this church that's meeting in that little town that he started after three weeks of reasoning with them in the synagogue, a little people that had enough faith to say, this is true. And their desire to change the world. Amen? How many of you with me? Now, the significance of this date, 4950 A.D., there's just one thing I want to mention about the significance of that date. You have to remember that when Paul wrote this letter in 4950 A.D., Jesus had only been gone for 20 years. We look back today, he's been gone for 2,000 years. But at that time, Jesus hadn't been gone long. And they were told, they didn't have all the scriptures that we have today. The Bible was still being written. So today we have a lot of facts, a lot of knowledge, a lot of doctrine, a lot of theology. We can put a lot of things together. They didn't have all this. All they'd been told was that Jesus was the Messiah, that he left, and that one day he's coming back. That's all they really knew. And so they had a lot of questions. One of their questions was, Jesus said he's coming back. Did we, did we miss it? Has he come back and we just didn't notice? They, they didn't know what it meant that he was going to return. They also were going through a lot of trials and a lot of problems, a lot of difficulty. And they kind of wanted to know, why are we suffering and struggling if Jesus is the Messiah? Why are we still having problems? And when is he going to come back and fix all these problems? So write this down in your notes. This letter, this book was written to remind them 
that they belong to a great kingdom and they have an eternal future and therefore they have hope and their hope is found in Jesus Christ. Now he's going to answer these questions about the return of Christ. He's going to answer the questions about why they're struggling and going through some difficult times, which we all have. But I want to give you four things today about kingdom life, what it means to live a kingdom life in this world in which we live. Number one, write this down. Give me a thumbs up first if you're with me. All right. Number one, write this down. A kingdom life is established in gratitude and prayer. It's established in gratitude and prayer. We start with chapter one. We're going to read all of it. We're going to go through this. Verse number one. Paul. Everybody say Paul. Everybody say Silas. And everybody say Timothy. Now, this is not a rock band. <laughs> Paul's kind of the main guy, and Silas and Timothy, that's, that's like, past, those guys are like Pastor Tim. They're there to help Paul. And he writes this letter, and the first thing that he says, to the church. This, this letter was written to the church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. And then he says these words, the very first things out of his mouth in verse 2 in this letter, we always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our what? Our prayers. Paul was a man of prayer. Now stay with me. Back in Acts chapter 6, I don't want to confuse you. But at the very beginning of the New Testament church, the church was growing and there were so many different problems that they were having serving people that the apostles got together and appointed and gave some of the ministry responsibilities over to a group of leaders called the deacons so that the apostles could devote themselves to two things. So that the apostles could devote themselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And so the apostle Paul is walking in the footsteps of those early apostles. He has dedicated his life to prayer and to the ministry of the Word of God. And if you study the life and ministry and read all of the letters that Paul wrote, you will notice that he's constantly praying for those that he loved and he's constantly praying for those that he served. So he says, we always thank God for all of you. Every time I think about you, he's looking at the church. Every time I think about you, I'm praying to God. I, I'm, I'm just so thankful. I'm so grateful uh, that I mention you in my prayers. Verse three, we continue. I mean, this is all the time. We continually remember before our God and Father that your, your work, I, I, I've, heard about, I've heard about your work. And I'm just thankful for the, your work that has been produced by faith, your, your labor that has been prompted by love. I, I'm thankful for your endurance that has been inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I see here is I see the family of God. I see the leaders, Paul and Silas and Timothy. I see this entity called the church in Thessalonica. And there's something about as he starts to think about all the good things going on, he can't help but pray. And you see, there's, there's this thing called gratitude and thanksgiving, I believe, goes hand in hand with prayer. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And if you can recognize all the good that God has done in your life, it causes you to want to pray and to be grateful. <laughs> Many times, we're all guilty of this. We look around at what's bad, and we sit around and complain and grumble instead of looking for the good and seeing the blessing of God 
and getting on our knees and saying, God, thank you for the blessings in my life. He looks at this church, and even though he served them for only three Sabbaths, he hears of these reports of the growth of this church, and he recognizes that the maturity level of this church is off the charts. He's well aware, write this down, of their work that has been produced by this thing called faith. Their labor has been motivated by a thing called love. And they have endured through these trials inspired by their hope in Jesus Christ. I just want to draw your attention to those three words, faith, hope, and love. And if you're familiar with the Apostle Paul, this is like a theme in his books. He's always talking about faith, hope, and love. I want to encourage you to look around today and see all the good that's happening in the local church, the ministries, the worship, the Bible teaching, the young people, the vintage crowd, the diversity of the church, the missionaries that we support all around the world, the growth of the church, the reach of the church, the maturity of the church. Be thankful, be grateful, and be prayerful. Number two, write this down. A kingdom life recognizes the work of God that is happening within them. In other words, when you look at everything good that's happening for the kingdom of God around the world, we recognize that none of this is possible without God. And we recognize that everything good that's happening in the kingdom of God is actually God working in this world within us. Look at verse 4. He says, for we know, everybody say we know, brothers, that we are loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not with words, but with power from the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Write these three things down. The fact that you are loved, the fact that you are chosen, and the fact that you are filled with power via the Holy Spirit. Loved by God. First of all, I am, I'm pretty sure that my family loves me. I'm pretty sure my mom loves me. And my kids and my wife. I'm pretty sure about that. I, I, I have a few friends that I think love me. But I know that there's a God in heaven who loves me. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, because John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave up his one only son. When I sit around and think about the fact that God loved me so much that he was willing to give up his one and only son that I might have everlasting life, I know there must be a God who loves me and a God who loves you. A lot of times, you know, we sit around and we're like, I don't know if this person likes me. I don't know if this, I'm having problems with my parents or my children or my neighbors or my, my coach or, you know, the, the kids at school. I, they're kind of bullying me. Listen, we, you're worrying about the wrong thing. What you need to remember is that there's a God in heaven who loves you. And if you can remember that, it doesn't matter if anybody else loves you. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you if you can know that there's a God in heaven who loves you. Second of all, you're chosen. And we've all been there. You know, they, they're going to pick sides. And he's looking at a bunch of kids there. This might be elementary school. It might be a 
you know, pick up baseball game, pick up basketball game. It could be in high school, college. It could be intramurals in college. They have two captains. They do it right now in the NBA for the All-Star game. They have two captains, and they have these players. They take turns picking each other who's going to be on the All-Star team. And so you, we've all been there. You're like, you pick him, I pick him. Everybody wants to be chosen. And it comes down to two people. And if you're one of the two, you're sitting there. Go, please, please pick me. Don't make me be the last. And they pick the other kid. And you're the last one there. And the guy goes, okay, I'll take Billy. (laughs) Oh, you need to know there's a God in heaven who chose you. you. I want you to write this down. Just write Write this Bible reference down, Ephesians 1.4. Just write it down. You can look it up later. Ephesians 1.4. And here's what it says. Are you listening? It says, before the creation of the world, that God chose you. Do you know what that's called? That's called a mic drop. Think about this. Before God ever created the heavens and the earth, He chose you. Ephesians 1.4, you can look it up. The reason He created everything was for you. He chose you first, and then He created the heavens and the earth for you. And so, again, don't worry about what the crowd thinks. Just know that you're loved by God, that God chose you to be a part of His kingdom. And number three, that He fills you with power When he gave you the Holy Spirit, we know what the Bible teaches, that at the moment of conversion, the moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, he he puts his presence, his Holy Spirit. And and, and I I will argue with people theologically on this. You don't get part of the Spirit. You You get a section of the Spirit, and then later on you get another section. No, when he gives you his Spirit, he gives you all of his Spirit. It's his presence living in you. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We have a special gift for everyone listening today to help with your daily Bible reading. It's our Anchored Journal, a complete 365-day Bible reading guide and journal that will help you stay connected to God's Word throughout the coming year. It works with any version of the Bible you are currently reading. The Anchored Journal comes in a choice of colors and can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as simple as calling our toll-free number, 888 818-4777. You won't want to miss out on this limited time offer, so be sure to call right now. Our number again is 888-818-4777. The Anchor Journal can also be found on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. 
Get yourself anchored to God's Word with your personal anchor journal today. If you're struggling with the loss of a loved one and you feel like you need help to get through it, we are here for you. It's called GriefShare. GriefShare is a friendly, caring group of people who will walk alongside you through one of life's most difficult experiences, the loss of a loved one. You can meet with a support group here at Shepherd Church or with a local group near you. You don't have to go through the grieving process alone. GriefShare support groups are led by people who understand what you are going through and want to help. You'll gain access to valuable grief share resources to help you recover from your loss and look forward to rebuilding your life. To learn more about grief share, visit griefshare.org to find a support group near you. That's griefshare.org to learn more. I'm Dudley Rutherford, Senior Pastor of Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, and I'd like to invite you to our services on Easter weekend. Maybe it's been years since you've been to a church, or maybe you've never been at all. Well, this Easter would be the perfect time to experience a community of people who believe in what God can do in your life. Join us at one of our three locations, Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, Aqua Dulce, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.